Shalom and welcome to Rivkush, the CJN podcast celebrating Jews of color, talking about all things Jewish and anything else we wish to speak about. Today, I am thrilled to have Tamara Pademski as my guest. She is a critically acclaimed Indigenous actor. This year, she won her second Canadian Screen Award for her role in Coroner. She had previously won this award and an Actra for Outstanding Female Performance. Tamara is multi-talented. She also sings. She has won the Aboriginal Music Award for Best Female Artist and Songwriter. Tamara can currently be seen on the FX series Reservation Dogs and Amazon's hit Outer Range. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, shalom. Shalom, shalom, yeah. (laughs) Shabbat shalom. Almost, you know, I got to gear myself up to that. It's like Shabbat (laughs) shalom, going to have some good sleep time. (laughs) So I'm I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled. I want to talk about so many things. I obviously want to explore your career, which is stellar. I just finished watching the aunties on <laughs> oh my gosh oh, I oh I just got a little chill um, <laughs> oh my goodness I I have so many feelings around that good and good. um I uh see I, I I caught my own self off guard <laughs> that's good that's the point of the work that we're doing well, it's working. It's working. So um, I also want to talk about, because I think we have something, it's minor in common, but it kind of is in common, a house full of girls growing up. Yes. I have three sisters. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have two, two sisters. sisters. So yes. <laughs> and you fit in. Mid- you're, I'm the middle. You're the mid. Yeah. You're the, oh, I'm sorry. Mm. No. <laughs> It's it's uh it's certainly a, a cross to bear in life, there but you go. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a personality that is forced to, to to be reckoned with. You know, they really need to find their place. Uh, so, I, it's been helpful in my career. Let's say that that's kind of cool. There are TikToks <laughs> with middle children uh, taking taking over the TikTok. Well, I was an oldest, and you know that was something to bear. Absolutely, you know, the baby should thank me. Yeah. <laughs> the baby should thank me daily. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh it's it, it it's a tough one and especially when, you know, wherever the parents were at when that first one came around. I think um you know really really determines uh you know who you're going to be in the world and my sister for sure is a product of 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 that. There you go. There you go. And of course, I want to talk about just you and you growing up. And so for those who are listening, uh, Tamara, her father is Israeli, correct? Mm-hmm. Israeli yeah. Ashkenazi. Yeah. Your, yeah. Okay. And your mother is Ojibwe from? Muscapeding First Nation in uh, the Fort Capel Valley in Saskatchewan. Okay. And so I definitely want to delve into that amazing wonderful blend of cultures because yeah. that's how I see it yeah. and uh, so absolutely so let's um, let's start there okay so kind of like I guess it's questions these questions you, you probably have 
heard many, many, many times. <laughs> you know, as a Jew of color myself, I've had questions many, many times. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, I'm going to ask you, let's start with like growing up because you are, you know, what was that like? Not just, okay, so where did you grow up? Let's start there. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Toronto. Uh, in the very Jewish ghetto of Bathurst and Wilson. Oh, Shane, <laughs> live there, live there. <laughs> We're really, um, it's, it's funny because I've spoken to a few people, uh, you know, in adulthood later on that, uh, that also grew up in Bathurst and Wilson. And depending on where you are in that Bathurst and Wilson, Bathurst and Lawrence area, you might've only thought that there were only Jews and black people. Like that, right. that, and and that's what I have spoken about. You're right. So, not just tomorrow, not just Jews and black people, but sometimes blacks who also happen to be Jewish. Yes, like exactly. my family. <laughs> yes, like, and that would make perfect sense. It was mm-hmm. such a concentrated world, and even though my world was beyond that, because the school that I went to, which was probably one of the largest influences in my my, my young life, um, brought me to this performing arts school where I got to see the entire world and 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 like blew my world open. But um, but really, in that in that um, very Jewish, you know, middle class neighborhood um, at Bathurst and Wilson, that was. That was where we we kind of understood community. That's where, um, even though uh, we were living in this dual uh, cultural home, and the and the the biggest part of of the urban native population was at uh, Spadina and um, and and Bloor, where the Native Canadian yeah. Center was. Um, it was there's something so specific about. Um, when you grow up in a knowing that you're not only a, a part of um, the Jewish community, but uh, it's it's like it's permission to exist. And I think for the immigrant side of my family, um, you know, when when my gran- grandfather came over with his very young children, um, that's you know they first started in Kensington. You know you find where the other Jews are. You 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 need that that safety in numbers. You need to um, and it was and in those early years of like where do you find jobs? It was all helping each other out. And so um, I I think that that really helped me to understand um, where the strength lies. And that life is hard, and no matter when, how those hardships, um, yeah. you know, play out, you have your community. So those very early teachings, and and even though I drive by Bathurst and Wilson, you know, still to this day, and it's, it has no, does not look at all like the world that we grew up in, right? Um, but I know, and uh, and you know, my sisters, we we just recall kind of how that place shaped us. And even in those, even when we became adults and we, you know, ventured out on our own, we moved a block away from my dad. Like just Come very on. typical. Like, it was just—it's so typical. Um, yeah. You know, my sister bought her first house. I think she she managed to get three blocks away. Ooh, um, I bought she really the, ventured far. I got I got I think uh, I got a condo across the street that I could literally from my balcony to her front porch. We could wave at each other. You guys are um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, and then, and then my younger sister moved in with me in the condo. I mean, also have lived all over the world and have, have ventured out, but the, the, yeah. the, 
the security of of that um, familiarity and and that um, community just it's it's so much of my Jewish identity. Uh, yeah, yeah, I totally totally get that. Yeah. So, how did your parents meet? Yes. So, um, we had teen parents. So my dad was living in Toronto. He was actually in the Young and Eggington um, uh, neighborhood with uh, with a bunch of a bunch of other guys. And they were, they were having a, you know, teenage party. And, uh, my mom who had just hitchhiked across Canada from, she was either, I think she was coming from BC at the time. She was 16. Hitchhiked across Canada. Yeah. I mean, but that, you can do that. Those days. days. Even in my younger days when you're doing, you know, you, you could hitchhike and get to where you needed to go. I mean, these are just things that are, these are just, um, forbidden now, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not that world. Anyway, thank God she made it. Um, and, uh, and she just showed up at this party and they, they met there just, you know, it's the time of just peace and love. They were hippies. This was the early, early seventies. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a teenage pregnancy and it was not really a, uh, a relationship that was like, we want to start a family. Um, but when, but when she got pregnant and, uh, and later showed up (laughs) on my, on my grandparents, uh, doorstep, um, they just decided to to start a family, and they were teen parents. I think she was she was seventeen when Jen was born, and my dad was I think twenty. Um, and yeah, they just continued doing that for about ten years uh, for all all three all three of us. Mm-hmm. But the you know there was there's many uh, many issues that that came up and many um, many. Uh, just the, it, it was it was very challenging for them, and there are many reasons why. But basically, it created a, a really broken um, uh, home, and it was decided that it was best for my dad to raise us. And my mom, my mom uh, left, and mm-hmm. um, she dealt with her uh, her. Um, herself and took care of herself and it was in our teen years so he my, my dad basically raised us uh, um, all pre prepubescent girls you know he Dang. had to do the first tampon run figuring out oh, how, oh, yeah whoa yeah, whoa yeah you know like it's it, it was it like to have three girls before puberty before boys before just oh, what whatever that crazy time is in yeah. a young girl's life um and and then we through lots of therapy and through much encouragement um from my dad uh we we rebuilt the relationship with with um our mother in in our teenage years um and and we are now you know now she's a a huge part of our life and um things are uh you know just a lot of work has been done but that's so it was wonderful yeah it's 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 very much a credit to um, the conversations, the therapy, the mm-hmm. um, I, I would say the arts. Um, he put us. He, he just, my dad wanted to make sure that um, we didn't internalize what was going on. Uh, he wanted to make sure that um, we moved. We moved it. You know, we processed it. Right. 
I mean, everything from us going to Alateen meetings, um, one-on-one therapy, group therapy. Uh, gosh, there was just all the alternative methods. He was also this incredible, um, he was a publisher of a, of a book back then called the Alternative Health Services Directory, which is one of the first of its kind in Toronto, which was um, showcasing, or it was a directory, like a phone book, mm-hmm. of all the alternative health practitioners. But this is before people knew what yoga was. Which yeah, was, exactly. <laughs> you know, what, what Alexander Technique, what Chinese herbs were, um, uh, acupuncture, and he listed all the services. But anyway, one of the things that he, he would do was exchange services for, for people who were putting in ads instead of payment. He would just get us... Um, services through you know through these different healers um oh, amazing yeah he understood i know i probably was just scared out of his mind you know of how God. how the dysfunction how the trauma in the home how all of that would play out in our lives and we were like four years old nine years old 13 years old um and i pay yeah i i it's that a lot that also just let us know that we 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 weren't alone in what we were going through and also um when you know that and when you know that you're not alone it's the you know whatever level of victimization you're you're in um is is lessened because you see all other all the other suffering that's going on yeah. and 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 then it also just became a less shameful experience and so um, I think that was what allowed us to, through our art, um, just have this other place where we could freely and, um, yeah, freely uh, express ourselves. It was like a safe place. And we had so much to say and so much to move Gosh. through us. And so, yeah, some people could think it's a coincidence that all three of us became performing artists, dancers, you, singers, you know, actors. Was, that was going to be and a question, like, were right? Your fa- were your parents in the business? Yes, yeah, like, you know, already like yeah. the Jacksons? Yeah. Like the- <laughs> no, nothing like that. Nothing, nothing like, that. like that. I think it was no. more that, um, you know, the influence of, of, of my dad, who just would literally drive us all around the city, would exchange services, and we didn't, he didn't have a lot of money, so, it was, you know, he would, he would find ways to, to barter for classes. Like, how creative and how amazing that is yeah and I think part of that was him being a a young dad right like just that there's something about and he was not of the you know suit and tie world he was not he was already a creative guy on his own but I think knowing you know there's there's something about being young parents and already you are doing the thing that nobody else is doing and already you're kind of on the periphery you're already you know not being accepted by by mainstream culture you're right especially in those days right it gives you a little Mm -hmm. bit of of of, uh i don't know uh you you know that you're you're already being judged so why not do Mm -hmm. whatever you feel the right thing to do is yeah and uh and I am forever grateful for how he he saw that we how we thrived in the arts and how it was helping us um, deal with um, the childhood trauma that was going on in our home. Thank God he did all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. Um, did he? Speaking of judged, and I don't know if it's going to sound harsh, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Did he ever, or did you ever feel judged within the Jewish community because? of uh, being indigenous or yeah I think I think the judgment came less from being um other 
mm-hmm. um, than by not being fully Jewish. So I didn't feel. Did you know what I mean uh, by that? Yes, I do. Yes, I, I didn't do. feel that there was prejudice or, or any kind of racism when in those early years that we were native or that people even knew what that was. Mm-hmm. It it was just that in some circles we weren't good enough because we weren't fully Jewish and because our mother wasn't Jewish. Because you're patrilineal. Yes. So it's like oh yeah, and yeah. so mm-hmm. even though we were deeply embedded in. Um, the the uh, the youth movement Hashemer Hatzair, oh, which which started. Do you know I that? Know yeah. Yes, so I do. My yes, grandfather, my my Sabas, was in the original creation of it in uh, out of Lodz, Poland, and then after the war, they moved to Israel. Which is many of the kibbutz systems were uh, many of the kibbutzim there were connected to Hashemer Hatzair and those yeah. early Zionist youth movements. And then, so my father and my aunt, they both started uh, when they came to Canada. The new, the new one that started here at, um, yeah. in Toronto, and then we grew up in it. So, it was like, okay. very socialist, um, grassroots youth yeah. movement, and that was where we. I mean, every every Friday, every Shabbat, we were there. Uh, our summer camps, our winter camps. It was our whole uh, youth was spent with this uh, within this um, this youth group. And, um, that's where it started to come out. And even though these were our closest friends, um, that's where it started to come out. The questions of, uh, our mother and that we weren't really Jewish. We were still very young at this point. So, um, and we knew how Jewish we were and we knew how you were kind of super (laughs) Jewish. (laughs) <laughs> like think about it, you're kind of super Jews. It was like, <laughs> anyways. We, we also my my Seba was like he always talked about um, the the camps. He talked about his his story in the Holocaust. Like this, these were conversations that were that were um, open and 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 regular in our in our home. So um, understanding that lineage, um, we would go to Israel every few years because. One one brother came to Canada, the other brother stayed in Israel. So all of our cousins and family and aunts and uncles are over there. Um, and so we had that connection that was very uh, strong for us. In addition to our secular but somewhat, you know, traditional um, world in Toronto um, right. of, of that Jewish culture. So to be um, called out on you're not Jewish enough um, – was was really was was really um confusing because how much more jewish do you want me to do you, again do you want me yeah, to be you were like super jews we went to we went to hebrew <laughs> school too like we were you see? Like after after school program so you know our hebrew was pretty good we're writing and reading and it's just like but still this isn't enough and so i think in a in an effort to just shut them all up uh-huh my dad offered us, I, I remember having a choice in it, but he was like, do you want to just get converted? And just when you're young, it's quite an easy process. I, you know what? I just learned that today, yesterday. Yeah. We're ta- and I was like, I was like, excuse me, that's it? Oh yeah. You do the, like, you do the, then you know fun. what? I said that probably should be just it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It, because Especially for for us who like we didn't know what else we could do to to just to to stop the the commentary, 
Um, and so I can't speak on behalf of the other sisters. Sarah was quite young. She was maybe five years old at the time. So, um, but I, I knew for me, I was like, if this one thing will stop all those kids from, from teasing me about this thing. But I, I, I know in my heart and in my young understanding, I was no more Jewish after that than I was before that. But what it allowed me to do was help me in those situations where people challenged my Jewishness. Yes, because literally after that, all you were was just a wet Jew. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wet and cold and, and, you know, just, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. But I still am, I'm glad glad we did it because it did make Mm -hmm. my life easier. Yeah. Um, It also makes my son's life easier. Because I also have an interfaith marriage, and okay. and yet it's something that he won't have to deal with because of that technicality. Yes, isn't that something, eh? Because it really yeah. is in the whole grand scheme of who we are, who we should be, yeah. who we strive to be. Yeah. That that thing carries so much stuff with yeah. it because yeah. we're still having those discussions, you know who is a Jew and people can lose their poop over that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just sit there and I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I, and I think to myself, you know, when people say, Oh, they're only half Jewish and then, or, or what I find is sometimes those who hold the most judgment, I'll turn to them and say, I don't recall seeing you in a synagogue this week. And uh, it's like, wow, don't judge. Look inside your own house. (laughs) Look inside your own house. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But but that's I hate. Sometimes it feels like that's how we roll. <laughs> yeah. And I th- and I see it in I see it in my native community as well. I mean, it, there, this, okay. this 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 self identifying, yes. um, you know, the autonomy to self identify is is so huge, and yet also there are social constructs that we that we follow, and and I and it's really it's really up to each person and and how you you run your family. I know that within my family, um, you know, there's six granddaughters that have come from from my my grandfather who who came over to Canada, and I. This is just a fact. This is not a this is or like an observation. Um, all six, three of them who went to um, Hebrew school, like hardcore, like, like day school, Hebrew day school. Okay. Um, hold on, one. Two, three, no. All six did not marry Jewish men. Right? So, like, mm-hmm. almost, a, like, in a strange way, it's, like, a phenomenon. <laughs> that It actually is. With and how also... heavily influenced and, and our world and our, like, it, yeah. it blows my mind. We weren't, yeah, we weren't quite sure if we could say that, but the third one, the, the, la- the sixth one is just getting married next year. And I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, there's the last one. And it's really true. So again, so these are day school kids and, and all of that, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, it kind and not of... in your faith. Like they're the, they're, they're the, the picture, you know. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. That everyone wants to see, right? And two and... Jewish parents, you know, and, and, yeah. and grew up in that really, really, um, um, uh, like concentrated Jewish yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lived in the hood, yeah. all that stuff. All the things that they say <laughs> will, will direct you towards that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Dang. Yeah. Dang. So let, let's talk about your indigenous family. Yeah. Um, so 
we're uh, Anishinaabe, uh, which is the the word in our language. In English, it's Ojibwe. In our language, it's um, Anishinaabe uh, from Saskatchewan. And uh, out there, they're also called Soto because uh, the, the French named them out there. But um, what's very cool about being here in Ontario is this is Anishinaabe territory as well. So yes. in terms of culture and language and, um, and traditions and um, just uh, the, there's, I know, I know, I know these people, I know this yes. community. And so, and even where I live right now, you know, I'm a stone's throw away from, uh, you know, uh, Christian Island, Beausoleil First Nation here. So uh, I love, even though I'm far from our reservation, I think I know where you are. Oh, up in Tiny. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like, yeah. I know where she is. Yeah. Anyways, continue. <laughs> um, even though I'm not on our, uh, our traditional territory, which even in our family, we, that was a, stu- we're, they're, we're nomadic people. Like we can trace all my, my mom's side of the family all the way back to Lenny Lenape territory, which is um, in New York. It was uh, Manhattan. They're Lenin Lenape, the ones who sold Manhattan ah. for 10 cents or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't a place to live, though. And <laughs> people didn't understand that. It was great for gatherings, which is why I think yeah. it has that energy, but it wasn't a place to like settle and live. Um, but anyway, Lenny Lenape territory, Delaware territory, and then after Trail of Tears, uh, when the government was moving all the, the Native Americans to Oklahoma, that's where they moved to Oklahoma. And then from Oklahoma, they walked all the way straight up to um, Saskatchewan. So if you kind of just do a straight line up, you end up there. So even though Saskatchewan, you know, I don't really feel uh, – I've, I've been there. We've been to our res there. It's beautiful land. My mother, obviously, she was born there. She has a different connection to the land there. But I, I, I feel like because I'm born here and this is what I know, I'm just so it's just it worked out really well that I was yeah. born on Anishinaabe territory, yes. and so that it's even at the Friendship Center, it's still you know it's Mohawks, there's you know Métis, there's Anishinaabe, there's so many, there's such so many different nations in Toronto, but I still feel the 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 how predominant the Anishinaabe culture was in my life and my early exposure to it and how lucky I was to have that because we're we're urban you know as we used to call as they say back then urban Indians and Mm -hmm. that you there's a way to be that and exist in your world without uh, even though you're in the city and um and so even you know early introductions to that most of our family is still out west on, on my mom's side um, but we, in those early years, they would come and visit, we'd go out there. Um, but really it was, it was that urban native population out of the, the friendship center in Toronto. Um, and also so, so lucky to be in a city that had such a rich community. So we, that was our, um, that was our community that we found. And then even when my, my mom left, we were, we, we'd already, been so exposed it was in our home right like every it it wasn't a home I find sometimes in interfaith homes one culture trumps another yeah and mostly I I can appreciate now as a parent myself it's just hard it's just a lot of work that you that you're (laughs) you're responsible for like what are you bringing to the table well I can't be uh, this is what I'm bringing to the table and 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 you know because you have to be active about it you have to be 
active. Very active. Yeah. And very, um, you're just and conscious about how are we, and especially if you're a little bit farther away or, you know, farther removed from, from your family, how do you bring these elements into, um, into your, your child's life? And so in that way, I really, um, I, I know what was, what was different with us. And I speak to so many different, um, uh, native people who, who grew up in, or who have, uh, who grew up in non-native homes, um, or, uh, also, there's this other crazy phenomenon of so many um, Native kids who were adopted into Jewish families. So when we first came out in the early years, when we just became, you know, when we were on TV and we were starting to do press and stuff, we were always very open about our, our dual heritage. Right. And um, and we spoke about, um, you know, being Jewish Indians. And then out of the woodwork, it was like all people would start contact. I'm a Jewish Native too. I'm a Jewish. Yeah, and, something, and, eh? and what we would see was... Um, and I'm sure you could trace it back to, um, you know, uh, just the, 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 the mitzvah of, uh, of, um, of, uh, adoption of, of how you contribute to the world in that way and how Jews might be overrepresented in, in that world, because it's, it's one of the, it's one of the good deeds, you know, it's one of the, the, the ways to, yeah. to help. Um, but yeah, we were meeting a lot of wow. native kids that were growing up in Jewish homes. Okay. I, you know what? Until you said that, that's, that's my, because theory. I just, I don't know. no, I've just, I never really thought about it, but as you're saying it, I'm thinking about Jewish families that I know who have adopted and I'm like, we do do that more than anybody else. I wonder. I I don't know what the stats are, but I know even just through my lens of native children that were adopted by Jewish families, um it seems uh disproportionate to I'm looking at uh, it in yeah. my lens yeah. too as seeing, you know, black Jews uh-huh. kids who have been adopted by Dang! Yeah, I'd <laughs> I love never to hear. even. There are experts out there who who know oh, better oh, you yeah. Know, uh, yeah. Uh, to to represent that, but it's been an observation. I think I know somebody I'm going to yeah. ask <laughs> who um, happened to have adopted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'm going to ask. But that, wow. but but it brings me back to you know I I have many friends who are in interfaith relationships who are in you know raising kids of of, of dual or more heritages and cultures and languages and i i can appreciate how difficult it is to um to have access to both but also in in their understanding of what happened in their homes um and that they just said one just took over the other one just mm-hmm. and, or, or they didn't know how to they didn't know how to find space within this other culture whatever mm-hmm. the dominant one was Right. And so when it's left to the kids, it's, it's very hard in the same way that we have generations now who are trying to reclaim a language, Anishinaabemowin, which is, you know, has a really good chance of survival because of this resurgence of, of language revitalizations. But, um, but that's what happens. If you are not teaching it and if you are not saying this is the most important thing for my kids to know where they come from, who they are, um, you know, how we how we make sense of life through you know uh, um, how we relate to each other, um, 
they're just left to outside influences and they're not, they're too little to do the work on their own. So I'm really grateful that no matter how difficult, um, you know, it was for my parents to find peace with each other, um, they're, they were so rooted in their own, um, cultures and faiths and actually so, so much, so much of it didn't cancel out each other. The importance of where we come from, honoring our ancestors, continuing that, um, the traditions, um, the protection, the fierce protection of our languages and traditions. Um, Those are things that were, are in complete um, alignment and and like that's, that's, uh, that's easy to do side by side, you know? So tomorrow, you know how hard that, Hearing you, you know how rare that is. What you've just said, the fact that it happened, that both were embraced and treated with the respect both and cultures equal. deserved and, e- yeah, and equal, equal respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that is so. And we couldn't have made that incredible. up because we were little. We were mm-hmm. young. Yeah. So I, I can only credit them, and I know that they. I know that it was it was it was a hard home to be in, and it must have been a really hard marriage to be in. And you have three kids, so where where you say this is the priority amidst all amidst the priority of putting food on the table? Do you yeah, know what I mean? like, like, seriously, so yeah, things to worry about. <laughs> yep, yeah. And yet, I think because it's more a representation of how they were raised in their own identity, right. that it also didn't take an effort on their part. When my mother so speaks exactly, in there. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, which, which is just a, a blessing on, you know, cause both of them are coming from first generation, one side residential school survivors on my, for my mother. I was going to ask you about Holocaust that. Holocaust survivor yeah. on my father. So both of them are dealing with the repercussions of that genocide. Holding a lot of trauma. Yes. And, and being like, uh, trying to be erased, like the fact that mm-hmm. they are even here, the next generation after that initial kind of wipeout or attempt for a wipeout, right. um, uh, they, you know, maybe in those ways that that's what what may have placed them in a similar way of how to respond to where, yeah, uh, why they need to um, keep uh, it moving, keep forward. it moving forward, it moving and, forward. And their sense of I, uh, mm-hmm. it was just so clear to them that it actually wasn't yeah. effortful. It was just, it was just, uh, it was just essential. It and, like. Yeah, instinctual yeah. and yeah. and and just a fundamental part of you know wow. how they are in the world, which I which um, then they pass on to us. Exactly, exactly. So because of the events of the last, okay. This, the last two years of it's kind of a blur for me, yeah. so I really have a hard time <laughs> distinguishing months and things. Yeah. But we know that last year there was a lot of, I sometimes try and be tactful and I probably shouldn't be. There was a lot of conversation and shock and surprise over, um, over residential schools. Yeah. And I remember having conversations with people who were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. And I sit there and I say, 
where have you been living all your life? Here, and, here in Canada. Yeah, but, and, because and it's like, very and, like, easy and, to live here without wow. knowing what this country I'm, was built on. It is very I guess easy. Maybe it's because of how I re- was raised. Maybe because no, I'm a minority within it. And you're that I'm more attuned to that. Yes, exactly. I'm just like, you people have got to be kidding me. And yes, they referred to them as you people. Yeah. <laughs> because it was like, how, how do you not know? And, and, that, and, and yes, continue. It's, um, you're, I, I, you're, you're, yeah, you're like, making me get all. I, 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 I was. Most of the time, yeah. I was just gobsmacked. And then I don't know how you feel because I know during when people were surprised that black people were being killed in the United States because they were shocked about that too. And I remember, you know, all of a sudden it was, let's blacken our profiles. Let's do this. And I say to people, I say, first of all, why you ask me black person, what I think you need to do to what I need, what, what I think not about me without me. So don't do things for me without involving me yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. so don't just like just put on an orange shirt for a day yeah. and say i've done my bit yeah. so that's my little soapbox yeah. over to you <laughs> because it is personal to you yeah um first of all i feel you <laughs> i do um second of all i think Unless you are the other, you will never see life in the way we do. Um, Or unless something very personal has happened to you to open your eyes. And that's what privilege does. Privilege just allows people to, to... close that that um privilege just protects that's what it does yeah absolutely shields yeah. protects yeah and and so i wasn't shocked that people were so shocked i guess truth be told yeah you're right because <laughs> disappointed yeah <laughs> but it was no different than all my life going through school and the only bit of history that they choose to include in history, it's only in history because they refuse to recognize in any kind of indigenous um, education in the public school system that we're anything but history. So you're not seeing any modern day contemporary issues come up in social studies and um, in environment, like in, in any of these other places we exist in, in a history section. Um, of a, a unit, yeah, in like grade they 10. were, yes, they and were, it's, not and they it's, are. This is what they used to live in, and this mm. is what this is where snowshoes came from. Yes, um, so sitting through, what do we have? 10, 10, 12 years of school, um, and feeling absolutely invisible at every point where there was an opportunity to include us in the in the story of this nation. Um, they didn't. And so you just get really used to that. And then, you know, there comes a time when you're a little bit older and especially, you know, where, where you get the, the, the people who are crossing over the people who, the the allies, you know, those early years of allies where they just happen to, (laughs) to, to read a book, to read an article, 
Um, you know, but, but with that sometimes comes a romanticization um, and a uh, and um, uh, sometimes even a salvation. You know, oh, I was co- going to say, let me put on my white hat and my yeah. white coat and go save yeah. those natives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mean that? Yes. <laughs> and 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 sometimes with really good intent, right? Of of but. of well, what's the good intent? The good let I see you. Maybe that's just the beginning part of. Mm-hmm. I see. I see that something okay. is amiss there. Let's let's give them that. <laughs> You're a good person. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just something in their little, you know, in their matrix, right? There's a glitch of like something's not right here, and they noticed. So okay. those are what I always feel like the, the those early those those early allies came out of, came out of that, you know. And mm-hmm. then, um, but still, I. Even after, I mean, what was most shocking to me, even though the the reveal of the mass graves uh, was not shocking to any of any indigenous people, um, we know wasn't shocking no, to me. And even I was on like, my reserve, we have our own like, really? search going on mm. for uh, the Labret School that was that my grandparents went to. Um, these searches mm. are being done everywhere on their own because mm. they're not they they have to kind of fund them on their own. Um, so even though that wasn't shocking, the thing that was most shocking to me was within my Jewish family, people were reaching out to my sisters and me to say, I cannot believe I didn't know this. And you are my cousin. And we know your mother. And we knew, we know that she's native. They probably know she's Ojibwe. They know she's from Muscapeding. They know they know the story enough to know that that and and then and then Saul married this native girl, and they had like little native yeah. Jewish babies. Like it was part of the family's narrative, right? It's narrative, like it's, yeah. But and but that they were able to to say, but I know nothing further than that. Wow. And I don't think we knew that your grandparents were residential school survivors. I don't know. And they reached out to us personally and they talked with us. It was a very, it was huge. huge. It was huge. And I love my family so much (laughs) that like that they were, and and this is also, we're in the public, we're, 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 we're like public public personalities. So we have many interviews (laughs) that talk about this stuff. Yeah, they're not, they're not watching all that stuff, you know. And yeah. no matter how many articles, no matter how many shows we're on, that maybe, um, that you know, uh, discussing these issues, um, there is a there's still a disconnect. It's it's and mm-hmm. of of who personally we are. Their cousins. We are. We grew up together. It's family. You know all our other deep, you know, secrets. You know? Yeah. Like, and and we have shared personal moments through the years how has this one part that is that actually changes the way i think about the whole world and the country i live in and you guys are so close you were actually within hands reach mm-hmm. for me to get this in for, or to open my eye and and it didn't happen and and it was hard because is that our is that was that up to me was that up to us like hard, how eh? where because i really do feel we are so open um, about who we come from, we self-identify in, in, as both um, on both sides. Um, in my opening intro of uh, wherever I'm speaking, it's gra- you know uh, granddaughter of Holocaust survivors yeah, and, and residential yes. school survivors, um, and yet uh, 
it's it also is so far away, so foreign, so difficult to understand that even if you might have heard something somewhere, if you can't, if if you don't get an, an opportunity to to sit down with somebody and really understand or what was happening to people was just watching the images. They needed to be smacked in the face with the horror of how this country was founded. And that's not even, we're already talking, you know, a hundred uh, uh, years after, after contact. Like we have 500 yeah. years to talk about. And the residential mm-hmm. school system made a part of that, but there are all these other things. Before, so, exactly. So, you know, it's, it took a slap in the face for so many that it took being shaken like that with those horrific images. I couldn't watch any of it. It was very triggering for, you know, uh, those of us who, who have our, our, who either are, um, part of those communities where they know their family is, is, was buried, um, bringing so many of the bodies home. Um, it was very, and my mother, I was actually shooting down in New Mexico when all of this happened. So I didn't get, um, I wasn't, bombarded by the news as much as we were in Canada because the, the, the U S media got a little bit of it, but it wasn't the way, the same way if I was here listening to the radio or or watching the news. So in some way, but of course all over my feeds and just being, just checking in, I, I knew what was going on, but my mother was staying with me at the time. We did not speak about it at all. It went on for about two weeks of like the initial, but it was like, it's um it's now just an open wound and and let's just give it some breathing space right now and I was talking to my sister I was like you won't believe it but we're we're here together we're we're like in the same house she's staying with me for two weeks we don't talk about it and it's not denial don't talk about it it's this is it's all so kicked up right now something that we live with all the time I've gone every time I go to Muscapeding, I go to Labrette. There's only the frame of the of the entry to the to the school there, but I pay my respects. Um, I I I released a song last year in honor of my grandparents on Orange Shirt Day. Um, the, so I it, it's it's not something we are pushing down. It's not something we are avoiding to talk about. It's something that we live with all the time, but that moment just felt way too intense and uh and common and just the the noise from everyone else i just needed to check out um but yeah the the most beautiful yeah. part was was the was the jewish family who were able to mostly acknowledge their their privilege of the yeah. of the protection of coming to a, a country where they were just given a good life and they were able to you know um yeah, uh, they just they were sold a different a different um, uh, picture yeah. of what this country was, which is which is difficult for many immigrant cultures who are um, who are who are grappling with that. Where do I sit with that? You, this is the country I came to to start my new family for my freedom for my you know, and, and they and that's real and true. And so Absolutely. even and I think that was the other part is I come from immigrants. Also, and I know what Canada provided my my grandfather, who went through six camps and finally was liberated in, Ber- in Bergen-Belsen, and wow. then made Aliyah, and then started his family in Israel. But also, just the trauma of the war, yeah. um, of which his brother 
managed to hide through. Mm-hmm. And and he had his family in Israel, but you know, it, he just they wanted a my my grandmother's family was already moving to Canada. They just wanted they had two little kids. They wanted a new life. And there is this country that is saying we're free and open and isn't and, this something? It's like so isn't it dichotomy? It. Is it the word is the word dichotomy? I don't know. Where it's like it's, you know, one side of your family, it was life, it was mm-hmm. safety, it was this. Yeah. And the other side of your, it's of the, your family, it represents It's a genocide loss, that is still going deep, on. Ge- exactly. Yeah, exactly. One is an escape from so, genocide and the other is and like, one is, it's just yeah, this invisible it's just genocide like, that is continuing to go on. Yeah. It's like, holy cow. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm processing what you're saying. I am too. And I... I <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm remembering that time and I just remember yeah. that detail of like of of not talking about it because it was just Yeah, so I kind of get it. I kind of so, get what it. What are you going to talk about? The same thing what? we always talk just, about. And you're it was it almost hurts, like, you know? Yeah, and you both get it and you're both in that moment and you just both needed yeah. your own moment. Yeah. So I I kind of get it. Yeah. And I you know, and it would have been a lot cuz it was a lot. You know, it was from everywhere and it just was like, it just, it, I don't know. It just, it was one of those things where it's like, and what will be found today? Cause you know, it's deep and it's deep and it's deep. And, 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 you know, in my, in my gut, I think guys, we're at the tip of all the crap that Canada has done. And it's cause I do remember I'm a wee bit older than you, I believe, <laughs> just based on the dates that you said for your parents. <laughs> so I remember going through school in Canada and yes, exactly what you said. It was about the history of, yeah, and it's like the history of, and look at all the cool things they built and let's go to this yeah. place uh-huh. and let's hang out here and look where the fire is, you know, very much like that. And, but I remember as a child, I actually always wanted to know more. Mm. And so I did stuff on my own and reading on my own. And when people would say, I'd say, oh, well, did you know, for example, that about the the Indian Act? Mm-hmm. I'd say, did you know it's at one point, and I think it's changed. I always mean to clarify that. At one point, if you were a woman, you and if you married outside, mm-hmm. then you lost your status. Yeah, that's my mom. And, there you go. And I said to, and people are like, what do you mean? I said, how did you not know that? Like read, this is also, this is part of what Canada has done. And, and it would boggle my mind. And I remember too, when I was in middle school, <laughs> I was in middle school and this indigenous family just showed up and I'll never, <laughs> it was interesting. And I mean, I grew up in a white, I didn't grow up in what I, lovingly called Juville. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up north of the city. And so it was really white, like the black family. And so I remember when they, when they popped up at school, I was like, Oh, they're almost brown. like (laughs) So I started hanging out with them and I would go to the apartment and I can still, I have such a clear visual of the like it was a duplex, but they lived in the basement part. Mm -hmm. And I have such a clear vision of all these people 
and just having the best time and loving, like just loving it. And then they were gone. I remember that too. It was just a brief moment. But I think that brief moment Mm -hmm. and that brief interaction did something for me. And so it made me want to learn. It made me want to understand because it it just did. It just did. So that's why when I said to you, I was like, how do you not know? Yeah. How do you not know what Canada did? Well, we did. Yeah. So. And it's, it's, it's really, uh, if that's, but that also was another just personal, personal moment that, you know, your, your life happened to also collide where you got a little bit of a, a, a better, you know, exposure. Um, but if, if, if you don't come in contact and what's crazy though, is like the other part is that you are, everyone's in contact. Like people don't realize that we are actually all around everywhere. <laughs> and, and that's part of the, the, um, the programming is that because people don't know how to see us in modern society, because they don't know, we don't look like the way that you want us to look. Oh, they also you're not just running around in feathers. Exa- and exactly, is that the issue? Oh, and that we're not. We're, <laughs> we're not. Um, you know, they like us brown. They like us in braids. They like us. Uh, you know, there's just a, a Fit tradition. Their image. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so they actually don't realize that they're probably working with indigenous people. They're probably going to school with indigenous people. They're sitting on the subway. 100%. You know, but because. Um, they also it's it's so interesting because people who grew up near small towns or people who have um or who, who grew up sorry people who grew up near in small towns near reservations and they mm-hmm. are very familiar with um with being around native people right. um i can always tell because they'll come up and they they can actually know your nation right because they, they they start to see the different um you know, qualities or characteristics, yes, yes, you know? Yeah. And, um, so usually, and, and I'll know, where are you from? You know, cause it's like a, a white person who's, who's saying, where are you, where are you from? Where, where are you from? Where are you really from? No, <laughs> <laughs> no like, they, they, like where yeah, are you but from? They know. You know that. Right. Wow. And then they'll say yeah. that they grew up beside some res somewhere. And then you're like, that's yeah, how you know, there's just, there's, you know, it, it, and it was, it, it's, it's cool to me, but it reminds me, um, if you are not exposed, if you don't, if, if you don't have that personal way that you were able to, to connect to this, you don't know. And you're right. Um, They're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, no, but all kidding aside, yeah. I even, I'm just like processing even the people I've, people I've worked with. And I'm like one of my best friends in the nursing world. Cause I used to be a nurse. She's Métis. Yeah. And yeah. another friend of mine, he is also first nations yeah. and he's a nurse. Like, literally yeah you're everywhere everywhere. you know (laughs) but you're right know before whom you stand but we do hold these stereotypes and we hang on to them yeah you know we hang on to them it's it and it's ridiculous and wrong and we know that yeah i mean the same thing crosses over mm -hmm. into into uh when you don't look jewish When you don't yeah. look like the Jew. Go that, figure. That, that, that you want when you look. don't look Jewish yeah. or with my God love my my black people, it's like you don't sound very black. Are you sure you're Jama- are you sure your background's Jamaican? No, it's Jafakin. But you know, when you don't fit a certain mm-hmm. thing. But I do want to talk about your work. Okay. Okay, Teeny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
So, you know, what's also kind of neat. And I don't know if anybody, well, I shouldn't say if anybody picked up on this. One of the cool things about reservation dogs is that the co-creator also happens to be, um, uh, a multi-racial Jew himself. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I was like, dang, that's kind of cool I think I cool or- originally met him as Taika Cohen. So I think when he won his Oscar, yeah. he was nominated for he an became, Oscar. He was, he was Taika what, Cohen. Yeah. He's a Cohen. Yeah. 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 He's a Cohen, but I think he goes by. He's YTT now. Yeah. TT. Yeah. But, but so what's it? I don't want to, I don't want to sound like that person, but I am going to sound like that person. Cause all right. How is that? I I'm watching it and it is so freaking powerful. It is both made me kind of giggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, just kind of, Oh dang. What? Oh, and part of it, I'll tell you part of it. I've watched in my office and I was like, <gasps> there's a lot of swearing. <laughs> it's a I, know. I, I work in a synagogue. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah. it fits. It, it, it fits though. It's, it's not gratuitous. Yeah. And all. it's, and it's, it's that world. And, and, yeah. uh, because we're so, and they're so committed to, to that authentic representation of, of, of their world. Um, they're just, they 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 won't, um, they won't compromise. I mean, it's, it's, and they shouldn't. Too, so they're, they yeah. can swear, but yeah. it's not gratuitous. It's, it's just real. It, and it really is. So as I, as I'm watching, I'm feeling like I'm, I always say to people, when I really enjoy something, when I really enjoy a show, I feel not like I'm in it, but like I'm spying on somebody. You cool, know what I mean? Cool, like, cool. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I feel like when I watch it. That's great. And, and like I said, you know, I smile at parts. Parts really hurt. Yeah. Parts resonate with me as a woman. Mm-hmm. And so, so. Tell me more, or tell everybody more about your character, because she's kind of cool. She's she's very cool. Um, so yeah. Teeny Teeny was uh, basically. Let me set it up this way. Yeah. Season one is very much focused on the 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 the, the youth, the four teenagers, the four yes. you know living in rural Oklahoma, getting into trouble, working through the grief of of their uh, the death of uh, the grief from the death of their best friend. Um, and it stays pretty much in their world for that first season. Season two expands their world. And we kind of pull back to see the larger influences, mentors, aunties, grandparents, you know, the, the community that right. not only shaped them, mm-hmm. but also created the world that they grew, grew into. Right. So it's, it's a really beautiful contextualization of that. Um, and, and fits really nicely coming after the more focused world in from season of one. the kids, yeah. So that's why season two is a perfect way to introduce this character, Teeny, who used to live there. She grew up with the, the moms of the kids. Right. Um, but after one of the moms uh, died, who was her best friend, she just left. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen her since. So... We are, we are seeing Teeny returning to the community because of another funeral, but she has not, she, she, she has not moved past the place in her heart uh, from when she left. 
yeah. no matter how many years ago that was, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, 15 years ago, um, 10, yeah, 10, 15 years ago, that she is stunted in that way. Mm -hmm. And she comes back with this incredible exuberance and fun, almost as if like, uh, uh, kind of in the same vein of that teenage girl that, that she left as, you know? Right, right. So it was really important to show, how do you show stunted growth, but part of it is also a mask to pretend that everything's okay. Exactly. And, and that really is helpful when they have a personality that can be big so that it can then, it can then break down. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we see with, with tiny. She's like a sort of tiny bar I'm living with teeny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, cause teeny is yes. right now yes. near tiny. In tiny. <laughs> um, and that's what we see with teeny is, um, a, a kind of macro example of the grieving process that all of them have yeah. to do. We got to deal with it. Cause if you don't, yeah. Um, it's going to get stuck, and there is a, a and, and, and there are limits to where she can how how far she can live, how how much she can learn and and feel in her life. And she's now an older woman, yeah, who still is probably restricted by the fact that she has not dealt with that um, original grief with her stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like your character, so I look forward to seeing more. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I I love fantastic. I love playing her, and, and especially because it's just uh, it's it's kind of a return to to family. It's it's every single. If I didn't know them already, um, I knew of them. So it was like the whole cast, everyone who was a part of that. Um, and one of the best comments we got. Uh, well, we're getting so much love and so many great comments because it's in the States right now. It's coming to Canada September 7th. But um, uh, somebody wrote, it's like, and this was for the aunties episode where we all hit the town, uh, hit the, um, the health conference. She said, uh, it's like you guys have known each other since birth. It's like, that's what you're, that's what comes across on the, on the screen that the, how and it does, yeah like the sisterhood of it and none of them are sisters right they're all just the aunties they're, they're all the taking aunties. care of the kids we got the yeah, aunties you know um <laughs> so none of them are related but to that's what we were trying to to show that that's how community works mm -hmm. um that that's how it doesn't mean there's no problems. Doesn't mean you're not going to fight. It's, it's like family, and fa and community is just Sisters. the extension of family. Sisters, yeah, exactly. As you and I both know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. And so you're, you're bonded. You'll fight. Yeah. You're connected. Yeah. Some days you like each other. Some days you don't. Yeah. Sisterhood. And I think also how important it is to to be around that family community. Uh, kinship you know that that it's we're not meant to experience these things on our own and we know from on, on both sides you know I know from sitting Shiva the ways that we support and and respect grief that you don't mess around 
-hmm. give time and allow yourself to be surrounded by people that you love. And you're going to have the the times alone and you're going to have to like, nothing lessens the burden of, of what you need to grieve. But there are processes out there and that's what faith and, and culture and ceremony. I mean, this is, this is why we have these things to get us through those moments and equal, you know, equal to, to, um, to, to shivas and the ceremonies that we have around death, um, in Anishinaabe culture, uh, or as we see in, in reservation dogs, um, we come together. Yeah. Oh, what was her name? The matriarch, because it's an M. Mabel. Mabel. Yeah. That scene. I was like, I actually, it's going to sound really weird, or maybe it won't, but when they said it's time Mm -hmm. and everybody went in and around her bed, I actually had a moment of, I hope that happens for me. Like I actually, oh God, I actually had that moment of, I hope that happens for me. Yeah. Yeah. Whether I'm aware or not, it doesn't matter. And it was and, and, beautiful yeah, it and is, powerful. And that's you know the 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 being because we are there for her, and we're also there for those who are you know for for um, for Alora. And I think yeah. um, that's the that's that's what that's the richness of of the show that we and, and people were really hit hard with episode uh, four and episode which was a perfect segue into episode five, but with episode four, because it, it, it just got to the depth of heart. Yes. These kids get into trouble. You know, the word they use throughout the show are shit asses. But like that's, the, <laughs> yeah. that is the official yeah. word of reservation dogs. Um, we're not, it, this is when it doesn't matter who's good, who's bad. There's there, the judgment is it just disappears. It is how do we show up for people, and in exactly. that way, um, th- that's reservation dogs just has has that heart and that understanding of what the most beautiful part of our mm-hmm. community and our cultures are. Exactly, it's it great, and the the part that I also really remembered that made me laugh was dinner. And let's pray. <laughs> and it was cheese. And he, yeah. and he said, I was like, oh, dear. Because what was it? Log, an ele- and from, a galaxy guess, far, was, far away. Yeah. I was like, I would have been that person. But like, it's all, and that part is also. <laughs> but it was, it was cool, too. It's huh? great. It's just also, it's, it's also really important. Like, that's such his character to do that. But I think uh-huh. also what the show does is it dispels so many of the of the not just stereotypes but the the damaging um romanticization that has happened mm-hmm. uh for our indigenous people in the, in how we were represented in in Hollywood oh yeah and it's what has kind of screwed up how how difficult it is for people to see us and accept us as mm-hmm. as this which which is this it, and which is why these really authentic contemporary representations need to happen right now Absolutely. because they need to, uh, they need to be okay that um, we are not medicine. We are not all medicine people. 
like that she we're not po- we are not all which story is silenced. crap yes, too we are, we, we are not to be to be silenced to be enslaved mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. um uh you know victimized we are or 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 romanticized or sexualized mm-hmm. you know like it's just it's, exactly there it, it it puts a a, a multi-dimension on a mm-hmm. very um very limited uh, idea of who native people were and and that's really well done with comedy so people you're you're kind of affecting the change without them knowing it but just something as simple as that of you know you want to hear this like real stoic indian prayer and and instead it's like (laughs) cheese's version i was like yeah guys like dang i was like you go (laughs) it it was it's 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 beautifully done you're a wonderful actor. Oh, thank you so much. Um, like, yeah. Yes. And I'm going to, needs to hurry up and get, when did you say it comes to Canada? September so I can 7th. Oh, that's only a couple weeks. I know. It's a couple weeks. And it's then, yeah. Weeks. Yeah. So that's good. So they that's can good. watch right I, now I feel on Disney blessed Plus. that I was able to see it. <laughs> yes, you got the sneak peek. But on Disney <laughs> yeah. Plus, you can watch the first season right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'll be all ready for September 7th drop of, of two episodes then. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Tamara, I had a great afternoon. Oh, I had so much fun talking with you. I appreciate you Actually, wanting to go to the, the deeper the, the deeper parts of uh, the topics and conversations. Yeah. Well, I, we need to. Yeah. Sometimes we just need to. It's nice when you, you have know? the space to be able to do that. So I thank you very yeah. much for that. Yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. I thank you for sharing. I really do because I felt it. Oh, good. So, so. I hope to run into you sometime in teeny tiny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm going to start calling. I it. do hit the city every once in a while, so it's, it's not the. It wouldn't be the craziest thing for us to cross well, paths one day. You'll find me on Bathurst. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for allowing thank me you. this pleasure. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Riv Koosh. Our producer is Michael Freeman. Music by Westside Gravy and I am Riv Koosh. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more at the cjn.ca slash Riv and support us by subscribing. If you want to support the CJN, join the CJN Circle. You get quarterly magazines, invitations to live events, and a weekly printable edition. Learn more at the cjn.ca slash circle. Thanks for listening.